This is Artist Stories, a podcast that centers experiences of artists whose lives have left a lasting imprint on the Southern Arizona creative ecosystem. I'm Janae Sanchez, and today we welcome Carl Eugene, visual artist. Hi. (laughs) Hello. Thank you so much for joining us on Artist Stories today. No problem. We are so excited about what is happening in your world, and we have the privilege to be a part of your story. You are a Project Creaso Start grantee. Can you talk a little bit about what that grant has meant for you? Of course, of course. So essentially, I applied for the Project Creaso Start grant, and I got it. And it was a grant that was meant for artists to buy materials. Well, that's what I used it for. Materials that would help elevate my intellectual discourse. And so I bought paint brushes that are kind of fine and detailed mm. and kind of very expensive. Um, paint brushes that, you know, I normally couldn't afford. I bought canvas and other material, again, that would help, you know, elevate my ideas as far as what I want to say in regards to art and my personal project, um, which have been my set of paintings. I'm really grateful for that. Like super grateful for that, actually. That's incredible. So you're in the process of using the materials. What are the plans for the paintings? Yeah, so um, my my plan was to exhibit um, like maybe four to ten pieces. Wow. Yeah, four to ten pieces in regards to my recent body of work, which is Tell a Friend to Tell a Friend. The Spirit and the Bride says, come. Mm, I love it. <laughs> so when I began this body of work, I considered Derrida and his writings on grammatology. Um, and considering that he was essentially critiquing institutions and the idea of words, essentially. And that really made me ponder the idea of a woman. I considered a woman's inalienable rights um, and their individualism because of what the government seemed to be doing with them and also using the Bible as a crutch to create those laws and even imprison women for making decisions with their own bodies. Essentially when I started painting it was kind of silly in nature because of the scripture that inspired it but you know I had to realize one what does it mean to be a woman? And also I had to consider how terms change over time. For instance, back in the 1980s, a woman was biological woman, you know, who was born a woman. But now the idea of being a woman, it's like a man can consider himself a woman or themselves a woman. And one has to respect that. It is not necessarily saying they're a biological woman. Just simply means that the term woman has changed from then to now. And people ought to respect that because nothing is concrete. Words have a signifier and a signified. And people understand that because of their traces, which Derrida says for when you think about pig, You think about big, pink, dirty, you know, four-legged animal, um, tail, snout. You know what I'm saying? You think about those things which are signifiers, you know, but there are different sorts of pigs. Like, considering that, I think that people should respect, you know, just women's autonomy in general. 
and not really try and control what they do and what they say. So that's part of the reason why I began making the body of work. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Let's go back in time. Yeah. Okay. I know you're from Louisiana. Can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and some of those key moments where you knew, okay, I want to be a creative or I want to be a visual artist? Those moments were actually, um, I saw signs of it as a youth, as a kid, because I would, you know, kind of be the oddball out, usually be alone and play by myself. Um, I actually had a garden when I was a kid and I was inspired by, you know, the earth and how things are made, um, how things grow. And that kind of really had an impact on me as a creative. And so I picked up a camera and I started documenting certain things just around, you know, my neighborhood. I am from Alexandria, Louisiana. Again, it's the South. You know, they have a certain set of rules and parameters and laws that one has to abide by. And it's also very Christian. And so that has really informed my practice. For my work is about mostly Christianity juxtaposed to politics, especially with these recent paintings. Um, I felt the need to speak about certain issues um, that are going on today. Amazing. So can you talk about your just trajectory as a, as a professional artist? Essentially, I graduated from a school in the country, and I was applying all around schools in Louisiana, and I chose McNeese State University, where I received my BA in visual arts in 2000. I went to 2008, therefore I graduated 2012. And it was pretty awesome. I have to say that as a young visual artist, I really gained all the necessary skills and knowledge that I needed to be an outstanding artist. And what I meant by that is um, they taught me about just having work or making work that I can call my own. Work that has content, concept with a great form. And I've held fast to those things, kind of being an, an art snob, I would describe myself as that. And it's like being a part of the art world, going to art school, you've signed up to be, become a part of this systematized and codified way of making art. And it comes with a set of parameters. That's really where, you know, it started and sort of ended for me. For I did go to graduate school to receive my master's, but I dropped out because I didn't really want to go through this whole graduate school pedigree. And mm -hmm. I mean, I understood what it could do for me and how it could elevate my career and make better connections. But again, my undergraduate program was so thorough. It was so good that I really wasn't focused on making those connections during that time because I knew I had a set of skills that would carry me for the rest of my life, essentially. Mm -hmm. What brought you to the desert? My friend. Mm -hmm. My friend invited me here in 2015. Yeah, because I graduated, went to art school in 12, came back in 13, stayed to 14. In January 2015, I arrived in Tucson. I like to ask artists this question, especially artists who come from different parts of the country or different parts of the world. What makes you stay yeah, like what is it about this particular region? 
so when I think about other places, you know, like Chicago, New York, of course, L.A., because it's next door. I don't think that those are places that I should reside in and build my art career. I believe that I can do it here in Tucson and it'd be just as great, just as powerful and make those connections abroad. Essentially, I am making art locally, but thinking about ideas that are important to me in a national and international manner. Can you talk about some of your early influences and current influences? Art history. Mm. Again, I'm an art snob. So for me, um, where it really began was the Greco-Romans, you know, Jato, Chimabue, you know, that whole thing. Going up to the high Renaissance, where it's Michelangelo, Da Vinci, and Raphael, essentially those artists have set the standard of art making today. You know, the standards of art that we use today, the principles, essentially. Another artist that I really admire is Vermeer, who's like a, I believe he's a Dutch artist, and he used a camera obscure to make his paintings. And I, by degree, I'm a photographer, but I also paint and draw on a high level. And so I can relate to Vermeer um, in the sense that he uses his camera to make images for instance, I sometimes go out in the morning and I may photograph the sunrise to get a light leak or get a particular scene, um, the morning dew to incorporate in a future painting. Or I may just, you know, document Tucson just out and about with my camera walking um, to just understand the landscape and the surrounding. Uh, because when I first came here, I thought it was ugly. I was like, why do people have cacti in their yard? Mm-hmm. Like, where are the kids going to play? And that's only because Louisiana is so lush and green. You know, it's, right. it's, it's full of, like, uh, diverse ecosystems. Arizona is, too, but it's just different in a lot of different ways or many ways. And so I really wanted to understand, you know, where I'm living And I began to do that and also started to make work, you know, with my photographic series, uh, Remnant of My Faint Conscience, with with that. So beautiful. I'm looking at your work right now on Instagram, and I can see the influences from art history. Yeah, Byzantine. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is that gold leaf? Yeah, and um, another major art influence, I, I have to say. And I will get to my paintings in one second, but I have to say this. I think my number one favorite artist is Carrie James Marshall. And he is the reason why I make the work that I make. He he is so grand to me. I kind of want to follow in his footsteps. I'm a little more radical, I feel. But definitely want to make work that sets me apart. For when I saw his Black figures, like they were undeniably Black. And that was the first time I seen a Black painting like that. I was just like envious and jealous i was like why could i come up with this idea you know his body of work began with his portrait as a shadow of his former self and it was grand it was based off the book um, the invisible man and it's layered it talks about blackness in many different ways and he makes paintings um kind of defining different aspects of blackness and that's what i really liked about him and so i wanted to make black paintings too And essentially, I've started painting, but this series for me began during COVID. 
where I was by myself and lonely. And I had to remember what I learned in art school to continue to practice. And so I began painting myself as the bride of Christ because I was reading in the Bible, in the book of Revelations. And it was a very beautiful scripture to me, very simple. It states, um, the spirit in the bride says, come. And I began to think like, but what's the interpretation of this? Which is Christ is the husband and we, his church, are the bride. But I said, if I'm going to be a bride, I'm going to be the most beautiful one. And that's voila. Inculcated in that was my whole entire body of work. Um, Juxtaposed to now, I was thinking, really, what does it mean to be a woman? What is a woman? And how can we define it? And that led me to study philosophers like Michel Foucault and Derrida and linguist um, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, I believe, is his name. And um, particularly Derrida, I am fond of, because with him, um, he was interested in not only um, words, but essentially grammatology and writings, particularly of institutions like governments and things of that sort of nature. And I paralleled that with my work because essentially I'm criticizing, you know, the church using the Holy Bible, which is an esoteric book, to kind of understand why, in some cases, lawmakers are trying to legislate how people should lead their lives in a Christian manner. And, you know, even in the Bible, um, to, to do those sort of things and make laws around people, you know, to govern people. That's really what I was interested in. It really, really kind of pushed me forward, understanding Derrida and his ideas, particularly behind Reconstruction and the workings of strong nations and and things of that sort of nature. How does your work reflect the moment, right? I know we're in an election moment year, and politics uh, and the media and the church all seem to be a conversation swirling around, right? Yes. Right. Do those things influence your, your work? They absolutely do. As an artist, I believe that it is my duty to speak about the times of now, you know, and not be caught up in my own head, but um, speak about issues of today, such as like in, in my head, I have like the war in Russia that I want to make war, uh, work about. Again, I want to make work political work about elections and politics and government and different sorts of governments. And um, and it may be trivial to some, but I feel like as far as um, governments goes, or democracy especially, that, you know, stupid people make decisions for informed people. That is, uh, it's mind-boggling to me. Just because of someone's birthright, that they have a sort of quote-unquote right again, to make decisions for people who know and understand, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So um, that's really why I'm um, into politics and into religion, because I, I realize that politicians can be duplicitous, even evil sometimes. And they, you know, just prey upon people's weaknesses and, and stupidity. So I really can't blame the people. I do blame them also. 
politicians use religion and stupid people to create mass atrocities, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when topics or moments in society move you, what's the process for you? It seems like you take on reading, right? Whether it's like in philosophy or or history. Um, is that always sort of your process when you are moved by something in the world to begin thinking about a body of work? Yeah. Um, just world events really inspire my work. And they inspire me to make, you know, different sorts of work sometimes docile in nature and other times there's a you know attitude um a gusto um a a sort of boldness because i'm a bold person naturally and i will tell it how it is if i see that that's necessary um and i sort of have to kind of sift through my ideas with other artist friends firm friends and you know art types in the community as well because I'm I'm not haughty. I don't feel I am. And sometimes I can be wrong. And it's good to bounce off de- ideas off of other artists, mm-hmm. other people of the art world, and regular people. How do you think art, the art world, artists can influence politics? That is a great question. Great, great question. And I'm, it's one that I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. So when I think about like the Mona Lisa, the Pieta, you know, the girl with the pearl earring, even mm-hmm. Vermeer, going back to him, Rembrandt and Rodin, those artists have created works that really changed societies. And they inspired, uplifted, and deepened us because they demanded the highest standards of excellence and improved upon the previous work of the masters who came before them, you know, Mm -hmm. aspiring to the highest quality attainable. I sincerely believe that art can be a change agent in a place like Tucson, just by showing a different side of what, you know, society may be lacking in that sense. Because when I think about art and art history, like um, Picasso's Guernica, that was a revolutionary painting that you know changed society because it was about war mm-hmm. and the you know the effects um, of war. When I think about the Mona Lisa, when I think about the girl with the pearl ring, you know the man with the dying gall, those sort of artworks um, were done with you know finesse essentially, and they had great power. And so for me as an artist, if the art is contemporary. And it has, you know, a solid foundation in its making. I believe that's what really has the capacity to change, you know, society and make a difference. Mm-hmm. What do you think about movements like the Dada movement? Artists that really were reacting, right, to previous movements and, and government. As far as like movements, I, I want to let you know that I I respect it. You know, for artists like the Dada and or the abstract expressionists, Mm -hmm. those artists that were done during those time periods had genuine merit. You know, even when I think about um, Degas, Winwar, Pissarro, and Monet, I'm like, okay, those artists, you know, they, they were different, but yet the same. 
mm-hmm. and particularly those artists wanted to set themselves apart from the academy you know which you know i love the academy mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but um i understood it and again they, they had legitimate works However, it was artists like your know, Marcel Duchamp and yeah. artists who have come after him that's really made kind of art disintegrate. I I felt that effect when I went to art school. I felt like I could, you know, honestly pee on a canvas mm-hmm. <laughs> and it would be considered art. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is this? Is this performing art? Is this art? What was the purpose of this? Mm-hmm. Self-expression? Are you kidding me? And I was critical. I was like, this is a... Bull, you know what? And I said that, I remember I said that to a professor. He sent me home. Oh, wow. I was okay. like, excuse me? Uh-huh. He was like, yeah, you can go home. And consequently, you're, you're getting a B in the class. Oh, I was like, shoot. but I make eight work, uh-huh. sir. And I was, I was furious. But you know what? I knew I made eight work. And he knew it, too. So I wasn't phased. But it's the fact that, I, again, I was bold and I've suffered many consequences for speaking my mind. And I don't care about that. As long as I'm honest, I'm satisfied within myself. Right, right. For me, honesty is the policy, truly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of lessons to learn from that. However, I feel like with certain ideas of art, I just can't subscribe to like self-expression. Okay. Particularly abstract art, if it's not done with meaning behind it again content concepts with great form um those are the standards of art that i hold myself to i want you to recognize a different point of view because this pertains to art let's just take a figure skater and they do a phenomenal job on the ice you know they get a high score because of the standards that they have been taught right and there's another figure skater who just throws himself on the ice (laughs) Come on, like throws themselves on ice, and they they're like, no, I demand that you give me a high score too. This is self expression. This is me. This is I'm just as good as her in my mind. I yes, I threw myself on ice. No, I didn't do a backflip or I didn't do this particular move, but I deserve a high score. I just laid there, and the ice melted around my body, and it was a moment, and it was an experience, and I felt fulfilled. I felt fulfilled and you watched me in the cold. That's bull. That's such bull. Oh my gosh. I mean, I could go on and on and on about that. You know, (laughs) you know, like you would gawk at the fact that somebody actually just laid there or threw themselves on the ice and demanded they get a high score. It's absurd. Another is David, the artist David of the high Renaissance. I mean, excuse me, Michelangelo. He carved David out of a rock. L.A. County Museum of Art just gave us a rock, all 320 tons of it. I think the art heads and people of the institutions, even in Tucson, it makes me question, like, you know, why do they patronize some art? You know, and because they sit on the boards. They really have control. They dictate what is good and what is not. And, but for some people to champion what graffiti and call it amazing and inspiring and just jaw dropping. And even when I go to parties, I'm like, really, you're of the art world? You don't know about art. I do question them. And again, I, I am an art snob. And I don't look at everybody like that, but I really do question these people who are on these boards, who are making decisions, you know, important decisions for institutions in Tucson and around the world. You bring up some amazing points. Um, lots of food for thought that I'll be thinking about. <laughs> Well, I would love to get into learning more about the gallery show 
you're preparing for at the Pigeon Palace? And then just advice for artists, like what kinds of things are you experiencing navigating the business world or the business side of, of the art world? Of course. So with the Project Creso grant, I have began to make artworks for that space, Pigeon Palace. It's off, I believe, 6th and 22nd. It's connected to Brink um, Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a fairly new space. And they want to, you know, host new artists. They approached me or the curator approached me because they came across my work around town. And, you know, consequently, we made, you know, a decision to show the work sometime in December, mid-December, December December 17th, I believe. That's coming up soon in about a month. So I'm excited for that. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to use this show as a catalyst for other shows like in town, locally. Um, and I'm excited too for it. I've been thinking about it. One of my goals is to meet the mayor because my work is in the mayor's office. Oh, nice. And okay. I have not met her. And I've been like, oh, I should meet with Regina Romero. You know, and I want to put a face to the picture. Right. Even though it's a self-portrait. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she's, she's 3D my face. face. Right, a 3D face. But um, I I just really, really, really want to meet her. But um, to answer your question in regards to business, I earnestly believe that artists should take a business class, be business savvy, understand contracts, write them out, get to know people of the art world locally, you know, and make sure that they are a a sound, solid gallery because it's just imperative that they do so. For I really don't subscribe to like this gentleman's agreement or word of mouth Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And um, I guess the lesson that I recently have learned is, you know, approach the gallery with confidence, make sure that your portfolio is outstanding. Um, and that is uniquely your, that you can set yourself apart, yet still be a part of the fray, which is kind of paradoxical in nature, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely necessary. But artists need to protect themselves. They need to understand business because in the long run, it will save them a lot of just headaches. So business class and curriculums for art schools. Yes, yes. And I I do want to touch on a point because you brought up an amazing, amazing point, which are the Dada's. And I've been talking to artists in Tucson about becoming a collective oh. with a manifesto like them. I'm like, you know what? If we're not getting the respect that we deserve, we just have to create our own. Mm-hmm. And it's not impossible to do mm-hmm. if we have this feverish conviction to, you know, make work, we should have that same, you know, sort of gusto to just go out and stomp the pavement and create the press, create the work and invite everybody to the shows because that's what constitutes success for me. I want as many eyes on my work as possible. And I have a few friends in town like Willie Bonner and you know, David Foley, Antwi and... Ernesto Esquiad or a few names that come to mind that I'm just like, wow, Mm. these artists are really working, making, you know, sort of sound work. And I'm, I subscribe to them. I look at their work and I get inspired. And that's, what's really important. 
and it's uh, it all depends on the curators too for there's one particular curator that comes to mind which is Mikan. you know i adore her okay. um she really works for artists so she's you know she moves and shakes she goes to and fro mm. really uh, benefiting the artists that are showing their work and so that's that's also important i'll be waiting for that manifesto and uh Starting a movement right here at Artist Stories, yeah. <laughs> Luxus. Like I think of Guerrilla Girls. If you go look back, there's so much precedent, right, of artists getting together, right, and really making a huge statement as a collective. And you asked me earlier why I wouldn't move. The reason why I, I really want Tucson as like my art home is honestly because I can, it's a great place to live. It's fairly cheap compared to like Bushwick, Brooklyn. If I moved to Bushwick, Brooklyn, I would not make art. If I moved to Cologne, Germany or some other place in the world, I know I wouldn't be comfortable making art like I would here. That's really why I see Tucson as a home. And we can make a movement here. There are artists here, a ton of them, who make noteworthy work. And they need to be spoken about. They need to be found out. And I think that locally, the art world here should support those artists. It starts here first. And then it goes everywhere else. Beautiful. So we're at the point in the podcast where we talk about random things. So I have a set of random questions for you. Are you down to jump in? Yes. Okay. (laughs) What did you have for breakfast? A cup of coffee. Yes. <laughs> any, any sweetener? Any special sweetener? No, no sweetener. I made, I made a latte. It was just simple, plain latte. Delish with a little foam. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. If you could have a conversation with an animal, what animal would that be? Interesting question. There's two. I have okay. two animals that come to mind. Maybe three. Three. First, it is um, the harpy eagle. Okay. Because they are so powerful. Second, it's the elephant because they are intelligent. Okay. And third is a cassowary because they are vicious. That would be a good conversation for sure. Yes. Okay. If you could travel to any year in a time machine, what year would you choose and why? I suppose I would travel to the year of <laughs> 2005 because it's the future. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I I, I thought you're going to say like 15 no 51 or (laughs) (laughs) okay one more yes indeed who would you like to have a collaboration with living or not living Ooh. so i have this idea of collaborating or working with honestly jay-z Oh, yes. and I know it seems it seems so far fetched, but I I kind of watch him and like I began like yeah I've always listened to his music, like him as an artist, a uh, recording artist. But he said something in his four 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 album that really made me interested in him. I bought an artwork for one million. Next year it was worth two million. Year after that, worth three million. And he said, "I can't wait to give it to my children." And so I really want to rummage through his art collection. And I want to do a show 
I want to do a show of his art collection. I want to see who they've collected, what kind of works they got, because it's just wonderful. And it's not only him, it's other prominent Black art collectors. Yes, yes. I want to see what y'all got, who y'all supporting. You know, let me know. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I really would. Like, it's, I never told nobody that, but I, I, I want it. <laughs> I really love that idea. Hey, you, you set it into the universe, so we'll see where it goes from yes. there. I gotta. I really want to reach out to them. I'm like, look, come, come to my show. It's gonna be an outstanding show. I know y'all gonna like the art. It has personality. It's grand in nature, and you should come and see about me. Come and see about me. Well, I hope that happens, and please let me know if it does. I'll be there, too. (laughs) (laughs) We will keep in touch. I will be there, too. Okay. Thank you so much for taking the time, Carl. This has been a blast, and I'm just so excited to see where your career takes you next. Good luck in all that you have coming up this year, next year, and forever. Thank you. Thank you. You take great care now. This has been Artist Stories featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. To listen to more podcasts, visit kxci.org. Artist Stories is a project of the Arts Foundation for Tucson and Southern Arizona, which is partially funded by the City of Tucson and Pima County. Music for this podcast was created by Jonathan Rodriguez.